let's say you're on your deathbed. There's three scenarios. One, you try the thing and it works out. Awesome. Cool. You try the thing and it fails. Number three, you never try the thing. You're now on your deathbed and you wonder what if. I said, which is the worst scenario? He's like, oh, just wondering. Yeah. So do it. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleaford. What's up, everybody? Matt and Taylor here, and we wanted to remind you as a thank you for listening to our podcast. If you leave a five-star review and a written review... We are giving away a $150 Amazon gift card. So please, again, leave a five-star rating and then review the podcast. So not only can you possibly win $150, but we get a chance to shout you out. And here we go. Taylor's going to give you the shout-out of this week. All right, guys. This week's shout-out, we have Bad Mad one Bad Mad says, thrilled I stumbled upon this project. It's definitely one of my favorite podcasts at the moment. I love the message. I love the energy. Matt and Taylor have an incredible outlook on life. Great guests, better stories. Keep it up, you too. Thank you so much, Bad Mad. Means the world to us. Glad that you enjoy it. And we hope that all of you guys enjoy this episode. But it's fine. You have to do it here. Uh, yeah. And there it was. Nailed it. There it was. Nailed it. Oh, man. Matt, how are you doing? Taylor, uh, you know, I've never been better. You know how it is. <laughs> Uh, wait, what, what day is it? It's, uh, do you know what, what day it is? It's, it is uh, the best day of oh, the year. <laughs> oh man. Uh, for you guys wondering, it is February 21st, which is so far the best day of the, the year. The best day of the year. You know, it's funny. My mom always had a saying, uh, she's really into wine, owned a liquor store, has like this, whatever wine certification. And she would always say, <clears throat> people would be like, what's your favorite wine? She'd say, I hope I haven't had it yet. Oh, it's nice, right? Sheila, Sheila, dropping bombs. Yeah, man, that's kind of like your whole uh, job interview question of where do you want to be in ten years? Yeah. Well, I hope I can't conceive that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Conceive, conceive, birth it. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what I thought of. That's why <laughs> yeah. I asked. I think you got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So today we're gonna talk about failure. So, uh, those of you that are listening. I just want to say thank you, first of all. We've been getting a lot of feedback lately, and it really means so much and warms our heart. It really does. I I could shed a tear very easily right now because this is 100% a passion project for us, Mm -hmm. and it really uh, happened synchronistically to Mm -hmm. come up with the name Modern Happiness and, and what we do. And so we just want to help you from what we've learned, and we want to continue to interview people to learn more. Um... So thanks for joining us. And what you'll kind of see is when it's just Matt and I, we're going to do topical things. So if you're listening, if there's anything you want to hear about, let us know. Send us a message. Uh, we posted a couple questions or we posted about it on social media. And we've got some questions to answer at the end of the show, which will be a lot of fun today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, again, it's a passion project, but we are in this for the long haul. We love doing this. Uh, we're investing it. If you can't tell right now. We've got some new microphones, new headset. Mm. Uh, we look official. We look official. And that's and like 90% of. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into it. But, you know, uh, yeah, we're, we're here to bring better audio for you guys. And uh, and hopefully it shows. Mm. So, Taylor, we got a little bit of rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. With. Are you ready, Matt? I'm we'll ready. Start off with you. Okay. Do you have a nickname? 
Okay, so my last name, for those of you out there, is Mihalik. It looks like Michael. No one can say it. It's never been a good nickname last name. Matt is basically as, as far as it goes. I've never really had a nickname, but my dad, since I was, I don't know, a baby, uh, his, nick, his nickname for me is Mugga. <laughs> I, I think it's, yes, I'm laughing with you, everybody else. It, I think it's it, M-U-G-A. There's a wine called Mugga, actually. Okay. Um, it's been spelled many ways, but essentially, uh, he's like, yeah, you just looked like a mugga <laughs> when you were born. You just looked like a mugga. <laughs> and I, and my what, dad can what maybe does a mugga look like? Correct Do me. Uh, I don't know. Should we? Well, we got to throw up a well, baby picture of me. And, yeah. And actually, I need to see a baby picture. Yeah. Let me yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so mugga is really my nickname. <clears throat> um, and yeah, and everyone calls me Matt. And my well, mom. Well, you played baseball. You didn't have any nicknames nah, on Matt, the baseball team. Oh, Matt. Okay. I mean, I joined a joined a. Uh, baseball league this year a men's baseball league and one guy would call me um oh shoot what was it oh no uh come back to me what did he call me <laughs> by fire, the way fi- i know uh, i know this is supposed to be rapid fire but as you can yeah. tell matt and i struggle with yeah so okay so we'll stop it there um what is your nickname yeah i have a lot of nicknames so my dad calls me t-mac this is giving away a secret here my middle name is mccarty mm-hmm. um so taylor mac t-mac my mom calls me team bug ever since I was a little kid. So, um, like when we email, she'll say T bug. And then growing up playing, uh, playing sports in high school, we would all call each other by our last name. So Sleaford, Sleaf, T Sleaf, um, Sleaf nasty, you know, <laughs> on the baseball team. Love that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I call you Sleaf sometimes. Yeah. I like that one. Haven't gotten the Mac, but that reminds me, of course, my mom also calls me Schmoop. Schmoop. If, These are incredible. If, if, uh, if oh, there are any Seinfeld gosh. fans out there, uh, Jerry, one episode, Jerry and his girlfriend uh, would be like, Schmoop, you're my Schmoopy Schmoop. And uh, so I don't know why I'm Schmoop and my brother Adam is not Schmoop, but here, here we, we are. are. Jinx Yoga, <laughs> here, here we, we are. are. Oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, Matt, second and last rapid fire question. Yep. First celebrity crush. Oh, man. I don't know if this is the first first, but I do know it's Britney Spears. Ooh, that's a good one. Fourth grade, I had a little shrine. <laughs> Might have been third or fourth grade. I had a little shrine in my room. I had the poster of her. Mm. Uh, which I, I, Is this in the schoolgirl skirt? Because I can uh-huh, picture Holding, it, right? like, the white yeah. post wow, wow, wow. in the schoolgirl skirt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then I also, like, just, you know, Google images, like, just was born. Uh, maybe it was Yahoo at that point. Ask <laughs> uh, Jeeves. Uh, but I printed out a bunch of Britney Spears pictures and just like taped them to the wall. Like literally, you know, one inch by two inch, like <laughs> crappy pictures from like your at-home printer. Yeah. And I just like had probably a hundred pictures of Britney Spears. So, uh, and then, uh, I know, shout out to Matt LaRusso if you listen, but we had a teacher in fourth grade, Miss Shamsor. Shout out to Miss Shamsor too. Uh, not her name anymore. That was her maiden name, but uh, beautiful blonde. And so we just called her Britney Spears. Didn't really look like Britney Spears, but okay. she's a beautiful blonde. So we called her Britney and she loved it. Yeah, of course she did. Yeah. Um, okay, my first celebrity crush. Britney Spears definitely was one of them. Yeah. But the first one that came to mind, Topanga Lawrence from Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah. That or uh, Saved by the Bell. What is her name? Oh, Kelly? Ke- Kelly? Kelly Kapowski? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's another, another classic. Nice. Um, Any shrines in your room? No, I was. I never had the like posters on the wall. Okay, I'll like. give you another one too. Because when did the mask come out? Like ninety four, ninety five. Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Diaz. Yeah. Oh, when she walks into the bank, 
<laughs> and it's raining out and she's like patting herself down with a tissue and <laughs> even Jim Carrey and his like bank buddy are like drooling and uh yeah that's timeless oh my gosh wow wow we could uh we could dive way yeah here, I think so. I think we got it <laughs> nailed it <laughs> Perfect. uh okay so, so today guys listening. <laughs> we are going to talk about failure and I really believe this is a hot topic these days yeah. and likely always been right. Failure is always first, first of mind. Uh, a lot of people it's motivation or it's what's holding you back, this mm. fear of failure. So mm. um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like for us. And we have a different approach likely than maybe most of the world. Um, so to first, first to start off with, um, we're going to define failure. So Matt, I'm curious, how would you define failure? You know, I have trouble with failure. Mm. Uh, I don't like the word. I don't see things as failures. And whether that's true or not, I just like, you know, how do you learn without failures and quote unquote failures? How do you like, you'll never make any progress if you don't go out and do stuff and, and mess up. Um, so honestly, my definition of failure would actually be not really what people typically think, but it would actually be, um, not failing, you know, uh, if you go out and try something and you mess up and it's super embarrassing, I think the, the failure would be then to go back and hide and be a hermit. So like, if I give an example, like if I'm working a day job and I really want to like start a business and then you take that chance, go start a business and it fails, you go bankrupt and you have to close the business. To me, a failure would then be going back to the, to the nine to five job that you hated and not trying again. Because the only people who don't reach their goals are the people who give up. And if you keep pushing and keep pursuing, cool, you just, like, good, you should fail that first business you tried. And now you've learned so much that the next one, you're not going to make those same mistakes again. And you may, quote, unquote, fail again. The business, the next business might not take off. But now you're learning again. And then eventually, the sixth business, the tenth business is going to be the one that um, takes off. And it's that Jim Carrey quote we talked about last time where it's like, you could fail at doing what you hate. You might as well take a chance on doing what you love. So I think the failure to me would be to not go out and try things. Yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> and spoiler guys, we, yeah, we don't, we don't view failure as a bad thing mm -hmm. as a negative thing. Mm -hmm. And this is something Matt and I agree on. And you know, what's interesting as you were talking about that, what came to mind is you only fail if you don't learn or you don't implement change. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And that's like a it. failure. And yeah, yeah I, I forgot about that as we were, you know, discussing this topic. Um, but yeah, it's so true if it's, and that's like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. So if you fail, you try something, it doesn't work out. And then you just keep doing that. That's the only way that you fail. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love what you always say is you only fail if you give up, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I can, I completely agree. I believe failure is necessary and that's the only way to grow is failing. And it's really this, I believe we were all born into this idea of failing being a bad thing and it's not a good or bad conversation. It's part of life, you know, so it, there's nobody out there that has never failed, you know? And really what I found is, um, I also, I've heard another quote that's fail fast and fail often. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's not, it's not something that we are choosing to fail on purpose. However, like when you change your mindset, you're going to grow so much quicker. You just got to try things, mm -hmm. you know, like we talked about on one of our previous podcasts. Um, 
Okay, so Matt, why do you why do you think failure is such a hot topic for people? Why I believe there's like an emotional charge when people talk about failure or think about potentially failing. Why do you think that is? Well, <clears throat> I think a big part of it is probably probably social media. I mean, it's, you know, people say, and I've talked about this, like Instagram is just a highlight reel. You know, you don't see people's failure. And there are people out there who talk about their failures. And I think that's really awesome to showcase that. And what are we learning from that? <clears throat> but for the most part, it is like, you know, this person just got a Tesla and, you know, this person got a raise and now I got my first muscle up and all this stuff that's like succeed, you know, success, success, success. And you're not seeing the 1000 failed muscle ups or what yeah. it took to get the, to the Tesla, right? You're just seeing the Tesla. And, and so that's why I think it's just not, and, and I, I don't blame anyone, right? It's when you're having a bad day, it's hard to show up on social media and be like, I'm crying. Today was the worst day of my life. Uh, hopefully it's more sure. better, you know? So I think now more than ever, it's, it's harder to, um, just think like, Oh, you think it's just you going through it. Only I'm the only one who's having a bad day and failing and messing up. Um, it's like, why can't I be like this person who's got all these things? So yeah, I think it's just what, what we're surrounded by. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, they say it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> mm-hmm. And ever since I've heard that, I love it because, Think about, you know, someone in your life or someone in your field. It's like, oh, all of a sudden they're on, you know, the Jimmy Fallon show or, you know, they had a, a new record deal or all of a sudden this actor is on one movie and then another movie and he's like the, the popular actor. And the thing is, you don't realize he's been grinding for 20 years mm-hmm. or 30 years or 40 years behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. you had no idea who this was, you know, sleeping on couches, you know, going bankrupt, all that stuff. But you just see once he's made it and you think he just woke up that morning and that's how it happened. And that's, that is a challenge. You know, you and I use social media a lot and it's, it's has its benefits and you know, we can, it's a false sense of reality sometimes where people just think, Oh, all these people are successful. Um, but what I really think too is the other part of it is fear. That's what really drives people. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't like this idea of failure. They're afraid and they play this what if game. And I'm, I'll, I'll ask you because I, I know what you're going to say, but uh, I get a lot of clients. I know you get clients who are always like, what if this happens? What if X, Y, and Z happens? What if, what if I fail? What if I lose all my money? What if it doesn't work? And what do you say to that? What if it does work? What if everything works out? And yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Because that's how we are as humans. We want to mitigate this, um, this failure, this like, you know, kind of as we evolved as uh, humans, the tribe mentality. If you piss someone off and you get ousted from the tribe, you're going to die. You can't survive on your own, hunt and build your house and all these things. So that's how we've evolved as, as humans to like need each other. But we don't need that anymore. And we can actually go and be our individual self. And we, especially with social media, we can find like-minded people. So we'd never actually be alone if, you know, we go out and try this risk. And, uh, I know you want to ask me about this, but if I make a post about my divorce, instead of being like, Oh my God, everyone's going to be like, you're a failure. You're a loser. You have a failed marriage, all this stuff. Instead, everyone, like literally everyone rallies behind me, people coming out of the woodworks from high school and being like, I really appreciate that. Or other people, you know, 
I'm dealing with some of, some of the same stuff and this really resonates with me and I really appreciate you posting this. And, and that's just kind of why I think it's, I don't even remember what was your question. What if it works out? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I go on a tangent. Um, but yeah, what if it works out? Taylor, I posted this on my story the other day. What is on the other side of fear? What is on the other side of failure? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's nothing on the other it's, side of fear. And I will say there's a lot on the other side of failure. Yeah. And it's only positive. Well, okay. New answer for you that I haven't answered this this way. What's on the other side? The story you tell yourself. Mm. And that's all it is. Yeah. Right. You know, this fear of failure, fear of embarrassment. So it's interesting, right? Because a lot of people are, you know, they ask me, my clients, you know, what if this doesn't work out? What if I lose all this money? What if, you know, the relationship fails? And I love what you always ask. Well, what if it, what if it does work out? And nobody thinks that way, which I think is really important. However, what I will also do with these people is I'm like, okay, cool. What if you do fail? Let's play that out. Yeah. Because people get, you just did this to me. Yeah. There's this emotional charge and they just feel these sensations and a pit in their stomach. And you, you likely, if you're listening, you felt this where you're like, what if this doesn't work out? And they just, they just sit with that and that's where they stop. And I say, okay, what if it doesn't work out? And I've had clients who are, you know, working a day job and they're trying to grow their business and they're like, oh man, getting, getting on social media, that's scary. And what if I do all this thing? And what if I spend the whole year chasing this dream and it doesn't work out? And I'm like, okay, what if? And they like, look at me and I'm like, no, I'm serious. Answer the question. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, um, yeah, I, I would have to get, you know, a nine to five. And I'm like, okay, cool. What are you currently working a nine to five? And I'm like, okay, what's bad about that? They're like, uh, it's, you know, something I don't really love. And I'm like, okay, cool. And what else? And they're like, well, that's pretty much it. Like my, my dream didn't work out. And I'm like, so you're telling me if, if you fail, if it doesn't work out, you'll be exactly where you are. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, uh, I guess so. And I'm like, well, isn't it worth finding out? What about being embarrassed? Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's another huge thing. Yeah. Again, what if you aren't, what, what is that? Nobody really cares. You, you brought this up to me, Matt. You know, this is the photographer in you. Whenever you look at a group photo, what's the first picture you look at? Yeah, yourself. Yeah. And it's the same with embarrassment, right? People, yeah. what, do, what do people think of me? They'll judge me. You know, what if, you know, this happens? Well, the next day, the next week, no one's going to remember that. Yeah. And you know what? You actually have something great that you say is that, um, what is it about judging from the stands? Oh yeah. The, well, this is a quote from, which I'm blanking now, but it's the man in the arena. Yeah. If you, if you Google that, but it's, um, it doesn't matter the, the people in the stands cause they're not doing it. Right? Yeah. It's, so I, I think there are two sides to that where it's like, if you're the person you go and do something and you fail, right. You're going to have two people. One person's going to go, wow, they went for it. That is inspiring. That is amazing. Like I wish I had the guts to, to do that. Then there's the other side of the people who are like, hmm, what an idiot. Oh, he failed. And let me tell you, that's the person who's in the stands, who has never done it, who's never even tried it, doesn't know what guts it takes to go for those dreams. And the and and that's the only yeah. two sides I can think of because it's the armchair Because the people who have went out and like say built the business, have a million dollar company, would never crap on you for trying to go for your dreams because they know what it takes and they know how hard it is. So it yeah, I mean like Yeah, and we've we've talked about this before, but it's you know, I had another client who I had three scenarios and he was, he has a dream, he has a goal and it's going to cost a lot of money. And he's worried about, 
you know, investors. And if it doesn't work out, I'm like, all right, let's say you're on your deathbed. There's three scenarios. One, you try the thing and it works out. Awesome. Cool. You try the thing and it fails. Number three, you never try the thing. You're now on your deathbed and you wonder what if I said, which is the worst scenario? He's like, Oh, just wondering. Yeah. So do it. Yeah. Don't do live it. your this life. Goes back way. to our last episode. And, um, what was our last episode? Purpose. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let me ask you, Taylor, at what point, you know, we're, we're comfortable with failing mm-hmm. at this point, right? You would agree with that. You're totally cool. You just kind of go for things and ask the girl on the date. Who cares if she says no? Yeah. Cause where are you? Same place you were before. What, what does it take for people to get to that point? Do you think, you know, is it a breakdown? Like, you know, or is it just doing it the first time? What is it? Yeah. It's, you know, I believe everything in life is about getting the reps in and you just got to try and failing is a skill just like anything else. The more you try things and they don't work out, you don't, it's partly about managing expectations, but you don't get as upset. You're like, okay, that didn't work out, you know? And it's like, what was it? Edison who said, you know, I, I didn't, I found, you know, thousands of ways not to, not make, to make a light bulb, make or, whatever. A light bulb yeah. or whatever, you know, it's like, it's, it's really, it all comes down to mindset, which is what I'll, I'll say. And that's what I teach. And, you know, it's adopting this growth mindset. It's having this, this idea of everything in life is an opportunity to learn. Yeah. You know, even, you know, going on dates. I had a conversation with a, a friend the other day about like going on dates, online dating, and it, it is time consuming and energy sucking and, you know, it's hard. And then you go and it's terrible and whatever, but like, there's always an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have a conversation, you learn a different perspective, a, a different point of view. Um, but to, to answer your question, there's a, there's a quote that says when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change, then we will change. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that is all too true. Mm-hmm. Too many people wait till their current situation is so painful that that's when they're willing to take chances, they're willing to fail. And really, it's the more that you take those chances and fail, like, again, you're going to have setbacks, but it's like, you know, it may be one step back, two steps forward, you know, one step back, three steps forward. Mm-hmm. So it's really just doing it and trying it. And, and ultimately... I believe it's about having people in your corner and that's why you and I can have these conversations is um, I'll be honest. I get bummed out. Things don't work out. You know, I don't get people to sign up for a program or, you know, I lose clients or, you know, whatever it is or rejection of, of any manner. I have people I can talk to Mm -hmm. in a safe place, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think that really makes a difference when you're not alone. Yeah. I'm going to, I don't know if you're saving this, but I kind of want to break it up now because we could probably just drop this bomb as we go through the rest of this podcast. But what do we say, Taylor, when things don't go our way, when a failure happens or when a crappy moment happens, Mm. you taught me this. Goody, goody gumdrops. Yes. So yeah. What do you guys think of when I say goody, goody gumdrops? It seems I'll answer. It's silly. Yeah. Yeah. It is so silly. And I learned this from a mentor of mine and I challenge you the next time something doesn't go your way, you get a flat tire, you're running late for work, you spill coffee on your shirt, pause and say, goody, goody gumdrops. And I guarantee a big smile will break across your face because it just sounds so silly. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of that is one, to get you out of that emotional response. And then two, to be like, okay, ask yourself, okay, what can I learn? 
Why is this happening? You know, and there's, there's always a, a reason. And so this is something I use with clients and, and friends. And now you and I, we were, uh, we were on a bike ride with our good friend, uh, Billy, shout out Billy. Yeah. Um, and Matt got a flat tire and we were having the best time. We were on our way back. It was fall. So three, the sun was years deep. Yeah. Three, uh, three IPAs deep. So yeah. it was, it was a fun time. And the sun was setting and we're trying to like chase our way back before it gets too cold and dark and we get a, a flat tire. And a lot of people would be like upset and cursing and all this stuff. And I turned to Matt and before I can say it, he says, goody, goody gumdrops. And you know what? This is part of like what we, what we continue to talk about where it's like, this is a practice. Immediately, I feel my bike kind of, you know, bumping and I'm like, oh, damn, flat tire. I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't know what could have happened. I'm like, it must be a nail. Uh, whoa. <laughs> fun story about this. I don't know if you know, we'll tell it, but, um, we get that flat and I go, guys, guys, I have a flat. Like we got to stop. And immediately I go, cool. This is great. I run a bike across the country. Like I can now show Taylor and Billy how to change a flat and how fast I can do it and show off a little bit. And, uh, it's just my immediate reaction rather than being pissed off and taking five minutes and then being like, uh, okay, well it's okay. Well, I guess I can show you guys how to change a flat. It's like immediately I'm like, this is great. And fun fact, true story. Maybe 15 minutes later, Billy gets a flat, mm-hmm. and he has an opportunity to change a flat to tire. To not change his own tire. And not only he got an opportunity to get the reps in watching Matt, expert bike mm-hmm. tire changer over here. That's right. And then now he gets to practice with Matt there. Yeah. And, like, what a great opportunity. So, um, goody, goody gumdrops. Remember yeah. that. Remind yourself. Dude, is, man, we're setting up this mic. Things – our new mics and things weren't working out the way they should. And, you know, Taylor just whispering in my ear, goody, goody gumdrops. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if I get to learn how to, you know, I'm yeah. kind of the, I'm kind of the tech part of this podcast crew. And, uh, I'm just, the looks and Taylor's the looks and, uh, we really need that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And it's just like an opportunity to learn about these mics and how to properly set them up. And, you know, things when I'm like, you know, something as silly as making like an Instagram reel and then it like Instagram quits. And I lose the whole reel. Yeah. And instead of freaking out, I'd be like, this freaking app in the machines and blah, be like, goody, goody gumdrops. I get to make the reel better this time. Yeah. And that's a true story. And it happened. It actually happened three times. And the third time I made the reel way better than the first time. So it was just a great opportunity to, to learn. And yeah. Failures. What? Yeah. So if you're, yeah, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, oh, cool guys. You're talking about failures. It appears your so life toxic. is great. <laughs> it appears you guys have this podcast. You're doing well. You're living your lives. You're going snowboarding, all this stuff. So should we talk about our failures? Yeah, Taylor. I want to hear your failures. Some of your biggest failures. Uh, yeah. Well, what sticks out in your mind through your life? And Yeah. So again, uh, I'm going to reframe this because this is, at the, I would say at the time, I looked at these as failures. Um, and now I'm grateful uh, that they worked out. And I, I honestly wouldn't look at them as failures, but, but most people would. Um, so one is if, if you guys don't know, my background is college strength and conditioning. So I have an, a degree in exercise science. Um, I went to school. I wanted to be a college strength coach. I was for a while, coach CrossFit for a while. Then I got back into college strength and conditioning because I wanted to make coaching a career. And the long story short is I ended up at Colorado state university with football And then I ended up at Clemson University working with Olympic sports and I was burned out. I was alone. I was unhappy and I decided to move back to Florida and take a desk job. 
And at that moment, I took this desk job out of desperation. I had two job offers, uh, one at Texas A&M and one at Maryland, but the money was not great. And I just like had no social life. I was unhappy and I just like couldn't do it. And I felt like a failure for not quote unquote making it as a strength coach. And that really was hard for me. Like I remember going to this desk job and being like, what have I done with my life? I was 28. I'm like all this time, all these years, it's just like wasted. And it just felt like a huge failure. And the ironic thing is I didn't want to be a college strength coach. I just felt Mm. like I should. It Mm. was like this pressure. It was like, it would have seemed successful to the outside world. But now fast forward, I'm 30 years old and like, I would be miserable. I loved aspects of that, but I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't really be living out my purpose. And it's so funny because at the time it felt like a failure, but really deep down, I knew this. It's not what I actually wanted. Mm -hmm. And yet I still allowed myself to feel those feelings. And then the second one that comes to mind, and this is, this is a really unique, interesting story. So, um, when I was at Colorado state, um, my position, I worked, so I worked with football and I was basically lowest on the totem pole of the coaches, which meant doing a lot of bitch work, uh, for lack of better term. So no, that's the term, uh, <laughs> cleaning the weight room, um, setting up drills. You know, I was waking up at 3 AM. I remember, I'm just going to frame this time in my life for you guys. Uh, it was, it was the spring semester. So spring ball and snowing in Fort Collins, Colorado. And they have a new weight room, which is in the ground floor of this new football stadium. And I was not privileged enough to have a key card to get inside. So some days I would wait outside for 15 minutes till one of the other full-time coaches came to let us in. Cause you're always early. Cause I'm always early and that's what was ingrained to us. Yeah. And, um, you know, just waiting out in the snow and, um, you know, sometimes we would work 16 plus hour days and, uh, just really a tough time. And to be honest, uh, was not the environment was, I don't, I don't want to speak bad about the people that I was around, but, um, not a healthy environment, I would say mm-hmm. not a positive environment. And, um, really just like a lot of expectations, really poor communication from the top. Um, and really just grinding day after day. I've never wanted to quit something more in my life. Yeah. Um, just really feeling miserable and just like, I, I honestly, to this day, I don't know how I stuck it out there. Like four months I spent there and I just wanted to quit every single day. There's actually a story where I left one morning. We had just gotten a bunch of snow and it was like 3 a.m. And I'm walking to my car and I slip on a patch of ice and I fall and hit my knee and it hurts so bad. And I just lay there coffee, my coffee mugs thrown away, my backpack, my bag. And I just remember being laying there literally thinking, I'm like, I hope it's bad enough that I don't have to go to work today. Yeah. That's how, that's where my mindset was. Yeah. Um, ended up getting up okay, like kind of had a bruised knee for a while. But there's one unique scenario where uh, we were setting up for um, conditioning drills. And me and some of the other guys uh, were setting up different stations. And I was not there when one of the, full, the full-time coaches was explaining how this drill would work. And basically it was like, there were cones like 10 yards apart, then 20 yards apart, then 10 yards apart. And after uh, a certain amount of reps, the distances were going to change to where instead of 20, it was going to be 30. And basically I wasn't there during that explanation. And I just like, we just got lit into all the time for not doing things the right way, even though communication was really, really poor. And, you know, so sure enough, I'm holding cones in my hand 
just being ready for the change. And this coach looks at me and sees me holding cones and he just starts yelling at me like across the field and the whole football team's there and everyone else is there. He's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, why are you doing that? Blah, blah, blah. And again, you know, backstory, I didn't know there were two cones. So basically we just had to pull one and then set another. And he was all upset because like he thought I wasn't following directions and what, and I was just trying to be overprepared. And he's just reaming out in front of everyone. Yeah. And you know, if you know me, I'm a rule follower, I would say. And so he asked me a question. So my initial response is like, I have to respond. He's like, what are you doing? Like yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting ready for the next drill. And as those words come out of my mouth, the head coach comes across and just starts cursing me out because he just assumed I was talking back to the other coach. And I just, so I just sat there silent and was like, what just happened? I was just like blown away. Yeah. So anyways, the rest of the day goes by, you know, we finish the drill, we go back, uh, to the weight room. Mind you, uh, at Colorado state, they're indoor practice facility where we did conditioning is across the campus. So, we would have to drive over equipment in the back of trucks and it is like dumping snow and me and all the other guys, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole of, of the coaches, uh, have to ride in the back of the truck while it's snowing. Like we have some ridiculous videos and you know, all the other full-time coaches are inside warm and whatever. And we're just dragging all these chains and prowlers and whatever. So anyways, couple hours goes by, we get back and all of a sudden this head coach calls us into his office and basically screams that there's three of us, two other guys and me, and just gives us this giant lecture of like, I never want to see that again. You never talk back to a coach, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I mean, what am I going to do? So I just sit there and I just take it. And I know he's really talking about me. And mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I feel bad for the other guys because, you know, but it was clear. It's like, okay, he's yelling at me, whatever. And he's, he says, uh, yeah. And this was an unpaid position. <laughs> and he says, if you weren't a volunteer, I would fire you. Mm-hmm. And if any of you guys know me, for, that's how I should have let off this, this whole talk is, uh, for someone to say that is just mind blowing. You know, I, I like to think that my reputation, uh, is known that like, I would, you know, I'm not that type of person. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just had to sit there and I just had to take it and I couldn't talk back. I couldn't explain. And even to this day, right. I'm telling you this story and never been able to explain myself. And I go home that night and I don't sleep a wink and I already was not happy and I never wanted to quit something in my life. And it's just like, I knew I was never going to get justice and I just had to show up and I showed up the next day and I, it just felt like a failure because it was like, it's, there were so many things where like when they hired me, they were like, you're going to get coaching. You're going to get opportunities to be on the floor. You're going to get to work with athletes. And it ended up just being more of the same, mm-hmm. like cleaning, you know, moving equipment, mm-hmm. not, you know, keeping track of reps and, uh, for at least about halfway through. And I, you know, it just felt like such a failure and I just wanted to quit, but I, I'm like, I don't want to be a quitter. So I show up the next day and then I show up the next day and I just do what I'm told and I just keep my head down. And then sure enough, fast forward to the end of the internship and the coach tells me I was the best intern. (laughs) And he's like, you really surprised me, Taylor. And, um, because I, I realized like I had no choice in that environment. I, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't talk back. So I just did what I was supposed to. And, you know, I ended up getting, that's how I got to Clemson. I got recommendations. And, you know, to this day, I still say like, 
you know, it's so frustrating to me and how I was treated. And I just don't believe that's how people should be treated at all. And yet that's how I learned to take criticism. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because this is something I talk to a lot of leaders and it's like so many people have no idea how to take criticism. They take it personally. And that for me was the moment of, okay, this isn't personal. This is just, you know, this is the way the environment is like college football, um, seems really cool from the outside, but you know, when you're behind the scenes, it's not as glamorous. That's for sure. So did you, I mean, you go home that night getting screamed at. I've been in not, not as intense situations, but you know, you mess up and you yell at those feelings of feeling a failure. You definitely didn't see that as going, Oh, it was great. Now I can, now I know how to take some criticism. No. You know, what it's laying in bed and you said you, you never wanted to quit something so bad in your life. Like what is going through your mind? And, and how are you handling that? Like punching walls, screaming to a pillow, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I had, you know, one of my best friends at, at the time, uh, who lived in Castle Rock and we would talk every day. And I think that night I just couldn't even call her. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even talk about it. That's how the emotions were. Um, it was just, I was all over the place, yeah. just frustration, anger, sadness, depression. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I here? Like, and, and again, more references, like I was paying rent in two places mm-hmm. because I left a CrossFit gym in Castle Rock for this opportunity, for my career, to invest in myself. And like, just all these things that like these coaches don't know, they don't ask these questions. And then later there was a time where it came out and I was like, you know, asking questions. I was trying to get a referral to uh, DU for a job. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And I was like, I still have an apartment down there. And he's like, you have an apartment? And I was like, yeah. I was like, he's like, what? I was like, I, you know, I was like, I couldn't get out of it. It would have been more expensive to break the lease. And I felt like this was a worthy opportunity. And he just looked at me and then he shook his head and was like, okay. Hmm. It's like, weird. You could have asked these questions before yeah. and like realized where I was at. But yeah, you know, to be honest, I, I didn't have a plan. I didn't, I Definitely did not look, I did definitely did not say goody, goody gumdrops. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't know what to do. And honestly, I, I, I felt like the only thing at that time is I felt like if I didn't show up the next day, I would have been giving in to him. Mm. I would have been giving in to like, you're weak. You weren't meant for this. You're not cut out. So I just showed up and I kept my head down and I didn't say much the next day. And then I just made it one more day and then I made it one more day. And then somehow I still, to this day, like, uh, don't know how I made it through. And, um, you know, I think even then, if I look back as we're having this conversation, I I was like, well, what can I take away from this? And I learned a lot. And even, even today, right? Like, you know, uh, I write programming for you. I write it for a lot of athletes and, um, I learned a lot while I was there and I, I coached high level athletes. There's two wide receivers when I was there who are now in the NFL, uh, the quarterback at the time transferred in this past year, he was a starting quarterback at the university of South Carolina. You know, I worked with high level athletes and I coached them and it did get better where I got more opportunities. And, and part of that is I believe because I just kept my head down and I didn't quit. Mm-hmm. Um, so even then as tough as it was, I do believe my mindset was like, all right, you just got to get through this. You just got to get through this. And, um, now, I mean, I would be way more equipped to handle that looking back, mm. um, if it were to happen today. And, you know, this is the thing about failure is like, it felt like a waste. Cause I went there thinking, you know, that job was going to lead to another. And then eventually I'd be a, 
a college strength and conditioning, a head college strength and conditioning coach, making good money, being in control, calling all the shots. And that didn't work out. And that's why I told that story first, because that's what made it feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. I uprooted my life to go do this thing that actually made me more unhappy than ever. However, the things I learned were not related to where I thought I was going to be, but now I'm here having this conversation. Yeah. And like I said, you know, learning to take criticism is by far one of the biggest skills you can learn. At what point did you learn, did you realize that, that, oh, I'm better equipped to handle taking criticism because of that event? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. Thank you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not, probably not until, so that was the fall, the spring of 2018 was when I was there. Probably not until I moved back to Denver in August of 2019. So again, fast. So if we, you know, continue this, this quote unquote failure, I end up in Florida working this desk job, working at a mechanical company where we do commercial AC plumbing and electric. Mm-hmm. I worked a desk job. I think my, my job title was business data analyst. I have no idea how the hell they gave me that job. Uh, other than that, I know the people that, that own the company and I'm really grateful for them. They're, they're great people. Um, and really grateful for the opportunity, but I was a weekend. I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. And I grew up in Florida. I don't really like Orlando. Um, there's a lot of other great parts of Florida and I just knew that's not where I wanted to be long-term. So I didn't like where I was working. I didn't really have time to do what I wanted. I felt a lack of purpose. I didn't try to make friends because I knew I didn't want to be here long-term. So I didn't want to set roots. Um, and that was what felt like rock bottom to me. Mm. Literally like I had no idea how I basically came to this point in my life where I, I didn't believe you could do what you loved and make good money, you know, and to backtrack a little bit, the year of 2018, you know, chasing my career, I lived in three different States, uh, six different apartments and had five different jobs, actually all within nine months. So it was, it was hectic. It was wild. Yeah. And I, I hit this rock bottom and I felt like a complete failure. I was 28 years old and I was like, what do, what do I have to show for myself? And so then I threw one last Hail Mary and I got a coach and I signed up for programs. And that's really when I got into this mindset and personal development. And that's what changed my life. But I would say it wasn't until I got out of that, that I realized how grateful I am for like having gone through all that. Because as you say, sometimes when you don't get what you want, you get what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to this day, the, the criticism, you know, I, I've done a number of things I've uh, written for, uh, I've been a freelance freelance writer uh, for a blog for a company called True Coach, and when they come back with feedback on my writing, I'm like, okay, cool. This is for your blog. What do you want? Um, you know, I'm head coach at CrossFit Omnia Omnia Fitness Collective, and I write the programming for the gym. However, the owner gives me feedback, so I write the programming. I send it to him. He gives me feedback. He's like, hey, like, you know, I think we're squatting too much, or I really don't like this combination of movements, or I don't think, you know, I think this is too long of a workout or whatever it is. And I'm like, cool, I'll Mm. change that, that, and that Mm -hmm. because it's his gym. And I know it's not personal, but you know how many people I talk to who like, especially when it comes to like programming or I imagine, you know, if, uh, when you were in photography, if someone was like, Oh, like, have you thought about editing this way? Right? Mm -hmm. Like you have two options. You could be like, Oh, fuck off. You don't know. You don't know anything about photography or you could be like, Oh, cool. I'll take that into consideration. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. I'm not going to do it, but thank you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And so literally, yeah, in my in my day to day, people offer things and I can be open to like, oh, where are they coming from? What place? Um, and it's all because of that quote unquote failure. Yeah. So that happened when Colorado State 
that, uh, spring of 2018. 2018, then, you know, year, year and a half later, you finally kind of realize <laughs> yeah. that this is what it taught you. And to be honest, I, I feel like that was quick. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's really this whole spectrum, you know, prior to that, I spent five years coaching at a CrossFit gym in Castle Rock, met some of the best people, really grew as an individual. I started coaching there when I was 22. I ended up taking over being the head coach, programming, helping hire people, firing people like things that, but six months into that job, I knew that's not where I wanted to be. And I ended up staying there for five years, you know, which mm-hmm. again would kind of feel like a failure. I was stayed there for five years, was barely making money, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, to be honest, all of these things help me figure out who I am. And now at 30, man, I am so grateful. I have never been more in alignment in my life than when, where, where I am today. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful I figured that out at 30 because there's people who are 40, 50. There's people who are close to their deathbed and they haven't figured it out yet. All because they're afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of what will other people think. They're afraid of what if it doesn't work out? Yeah. Yeah. And it, we talked about this on the purpose, finding your purpose, but it probably won't. It probably won't work out. And that's good because you're doing something for the first time, uh, likely or whatever, however many times. And, um, yeah, that's part of that failure where it's like, you thought you wanted this or you thought you were supposed to want this, you know, strength and conditioning at whatever high end university and wherever that might lead to. Um, but you had to go and experience those failures and get yelled at and, and that all taught you lessons along the way to get you right here. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is, you know, anybody listening, it's like, you know, what is something five years, 10 years ago that you really wanted? And now you're like, oh, I'm so glad that didn't work out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that's, to be honest, that's how I now, that's the lens I view my life in. So like in in the moment, it was really hard. I was like, what am I doing? But now I've had enough of those experiences and I've improved my mindset. And I have this awareness that like you and I talk about this, you know, it's like growing pains and growth and failure. And so it's like, we try something and it doesn't work out. We can pause and say, goody, goody gumdrops. Mm -hmm. Like we can get excited because, oh, what am I about to learn? Or what is it? Where is this leading to? And again, it can be hard when you're, when you're changing that thought process, but Mm -hmm. really you just have to believe that everything is working out exactly how it's supposed to be. So I want to ask you if that situation say happened now again, maybe in a different capacity, it wouldn't take you a year and a half to be like, oh, that taught me something. Maybe a day or two later after you've processed it, you go, like you just said, what is this teaching me? Yeah. And why am I experiencing this? Because yeah. Being honest, it would it'd be a day maybe. Yeah. And I'd be like, this sucks. I hate this. And I yeah. would call you and yeah. you'd be on the phone with me listening to me for like two hours. And, and then the next day or by the end of the week, I'd be like, okay, cool. Now what? How do we pivot? Yeah. Just because I've gone through it enough, yeah. you know? And so- you know, in conclusion of all that is like, because of those experiences, those quote unquote failures. Now, when things happen, I'm like, cool, what am I going to learn from this? Mm -hmm. Because something is going to happen now that down the road, I can look at and be like, oh, awesome. I learned, you know, because of what I'm going through today, you know, a year from now, I'm going to be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. There was something you said too, about like just showing up again. And it's Stephen Pressfield, right? Who has the war of art. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, you, when everything seems difficult, what does he say? Resistance. Yeah, lean it's into good. The lean into the yeah. resistance because you're probably on the right track. And again, that's what I think the failure is: is when you give up, because it's getting too hard. You give up. To me, that's the failure. 
not I'm going to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep, you know, show up the next day for your coaches and, you know, keep showing up the way Taylor Sleaford would, you know, um, working your ass off and showing them that you provide value. Yeah. And then, so at the end of the internship, they go, wow, you were the best intern actually thought it was going to be this guy. It was actually you. And here's your recommendation to go to Clemson and, and all that stuff. It's like, just keep showing up because it's likely, you know, life is a roller coaster. I think we can all can agree on that. It's never down, down, down. Hopefully if you're experiencing that again, hit us up. Yeah. Um, but you know, another quote, like the, the breakthrough comes right after the breakdown. And, it, and, and it's typically, yeah, when you're at a low, like something good is about to happen because you're learning something. And I mean, that's just the way life works and there's a balance to this stuff. Um, so just like keep leaning into it. Yeah. So I know, you know, Matt, we've talked about this and you, you know, I've asked you, I think a week ago, I was like, yeah, what, what are your failures? I'm like, I, I don't have any. You're just <laughs> like, shake it off. Like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Cause I don't view it as failure. So, uh, there is one thing I would love to just briefly touch on yeah. because you, you just posted about it and you talked about it, um, is you got divorced at 30 mm -hmm. and I believe I would say divorce in general, most of society would be like, that's a failure. Yeah. And, you know, especially at 30, because, um, I'll, I'll let you tell it, but I know you and you and your ex were together for seven or eight years before getting married. And then it was a very short, you know, marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't view that as a failure at all. Mm. Why is that? Um, well, I think it's great. Now I know what I do want in a relationship. Um, and honestly, we could have stuck it out. And I, this is what I wrote in my post. We could have stuck it out because that's what you're supposed to do. Work on your marriage and, you know, fight for, fight for it. And, but we would have, we already were resenting each other. We spoke about this, like something as small as like, you know, I come home and, and there's like dishes in the sink. It's like, whatever. I don't, you know, I'll just put them in the dishwasher. That's fine. Um, like maybe she was running out the door and she was busy, but towards the end I would see those and I'm like, Oh my freaking God, Livy! Like, are you kidding me with the dishes? And I'm like, and that's what we would talk about that and be like, Hey, listen, like, I don't want, I don't want this to be how things end. And you know, we talk, we, we spoke every night for like two, three months. Um, and realizing that we just, we wanted different things in life and that's okay. And listen, and I know people, any, like, again, people listening might be going through some struggles, uh, with their partner and everyone's relationships are different. Um, I would say this was a bit easier because we actually both felt the same way. We were together. She was 18. I was 21, you know, and, and now being 27 and 30, like we grew apart. A lot of things happened and we wanted different things in life and that's totally okay. And we just, we sat down, we had those deep conversations with each other and yeah. And, and, and so kind of the, the backstory is like, living in New York city summer of 2018 we knew we were going to move to Colorado. We were off. Things were weird. And summer, sorry, summer of 2018. What a year. Yeah. What it a, seems what a catalyst. Like not far, far, you know, yeah, it's like it just ago. happened yeah. three years ago, but yeah, we, we, we were ready to move to Colorado. We're like, New York isn't the place for us. We just need to get the hell out of here. We weren't really addressing what was going on with us. Moved to Colorado. We both switched careers everything's new. We're meeting new friends, you know, love this state. We're hiking and skiing and all this good stuff. Um, <laughs> planning a wedding, which was never fun by <laughs> the way. Um, and then, yeah, we get married August, 2019. Um, things feel really good. 
Uh, and then the next month we get a dog. And that was always the plan. That wasn't to save the relationship. We get a dog, Lambo, and he's amazing. And and then all of a sudden it's November. It's the week before, you know, it's a few weeks before Thanksgiving. These feelings of from New York City are coming back up again. And then the week before Thanksgiving, we're, we're walking the dog and she brings it up. And she's like, we're off. What's going on? And I'm like, yeah, we are off. I don't know. And thus begun the long night after night talks about how we're feeling and did we work on this? What's going on? Ah, um, ha- so having said all that, um, yeah, you know, sorry we got married and sorry for everyone coming to the wedding and buying us gifts and stuff and all. And but like, we had to go through this to 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 know. Like there was no way. Like sure, I would have loved to. You know, if we broke up before um, before moving here, but I don't know if I would have moved here without her and her too. But Colorado has been the best thing for me ever. So how can I regret that relationship? And what I was saying before about resenting each other, um, I'm glad that we're actually still friends and we're close and we can talk. And I send her music sometimes and she sends them back. And um, and I can go see my dog because, you know, she got, I, you know, we settled on her taking the dog and I can go see him still and things aren't bitter. And most of all, thank God we don't have kids. <laughs> and I'm glad I figured this out at 30 and not 35 or 40, and I could go and move out in February 2020 and focus on my business and just unapologetically like be myself and do what I want. And not that she was ever holding me back, but you know, anyone in marriage, you do make sacrifices for each other. That's how relationships work. And I was able to just kind of pour my heart into my business and just be selfish, you know, for the first time in a long time. And um, I think that was just a wonderful part of it. And, you know, she's able to deal with things in her life, you know, without me kind of being there. And it was just great for both of us. And just circling back to like the failure, it's like, I I never would have learned any of this without this, you know, this getting married and being in a relationship for eight years. And, you know, sure it's, it can be sad, but I am so appreciative of the times we had the moments that like no one can take away from me. We had amazing moments you know, we had sex under the Eiffel Tower. Not a lot of people can say that. That was awesome. Like, how, how can I regret that? How can I call that a failure? Everything was so cool. And now I know what I want in a relationship. And now I know how to better communicate about what I want from a partner. Um, because we, we prided ourselves on being good at communication. And uh, really, we just lived in moments. We lived in moments for like, oh, we're going to this concert. We lived in moments for like dancing in the kitchen and and, uh, oh, when we felt certain emotions, we would bring it up, but we never talked about what we wanted for ourselves and for each other in the future. When you want to have kids, I don't know, like five, six years. Yeah. Sounds good to me. You know, I never sat down and was like, Hey, I want to be the CrossFit photographer of Colorado. And this, it's going to take X, Y, Z. Are you willing to do that with me? And it's going to take these sacrifices and I can't sit on the couch with you and watch Netflix. Is that okay? Can you support me in this? You know, we never had those conversations. It would just take until, but boiling, boiling, boiling point. You don't hang out with me. You don't sit with me on the couch on Netflix. It's like, yeah, because I'm trying to build this company. And, you know, that's what happened instead of having these, so, communi- uh, having these talks and future pacing it. And now I know that. And now just being, you know, again, we thought we were great at communication. Turns out we weren't. But now I know that. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, and so what's so interesting with all of this and, and why we bring up this topic today, failure, is it's all, it's all how you view it. It's all the lens that you look at. And 
if you could change that, if you could change the way you think, because it's so interesting hearing you tell this story and you don't view it as a failure, but plenty of other people would. And plenty of other people might just stick it out because it's what you're supposed to do or they don't. And that's what I'm saying. That's the failure. Yeah. Sitting there and being unhappy and fighting with each other every night. It's like, why are you doing this? Because society told you to stay married and to work on it. Right. And that's the thing. Okay. Like everyone needs to define failure for themselves because Mm -hmm. it's like how, what makes that a failure? Because so-and-so down the street says it's a failure. Mm -hmm. Well, who cares what they think? If you don't view it as a failure, then it's not a failure. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, dude, I, I had, I actually took this out of my, my post about the divorce. Um, because I, whatever, it it was almost like a different topic and I didn't want to like, you know, I, my post can get long. So I try to, I cut this out, but essentially I was like people pleasing and doing things because of what other people want. And I'm like, Man, if you could just surround yourself and, and this is the hardest part, get rid of the people who aren't there to support you because my family and my friends, you know, want what's best for me and same with her and her family. And, you know, if the marriage was making me unhappy, they're like, okay, like this is hard for all of us, for you guys. But like, if this is what you both need, I support you fully. This is what's going to bring you happiness. I support you fully where we get surrounded by other people who say no. You fight for this marriage. You signed up for this. This is what you signed up for. It's like, maybe, you know, everyone's situation is different. Yeah, there's a time and a place. Yeah. But yeah. It's, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Oh, I love that one. You know, so. Say it again for the people. Yeah. You can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, if you have an environment and you have people that are toxic to you and negative, uh, you may not be able to change them and the way they think, but you can remove yourself from that situation. And ultimately, if you're viewing things in life as a failure or you are viewing um, trying things and failing as a bad thing, then I would suggest look at the people around you and look at your environment mm-hmm. and change that. Um, okay, so to kind of wrap up, tie everything together. We have a few questions. We posted on Instagram, any questions about failure. Um, so we had a few people ask some really good questions. So we're going to ask those and answer. All right. So Matt, you ready? I think so. I don't have a choice, do I? No, you don't. Okay. Question number one, why are people so afraid to fail themselves when startups fail on purpose to learn? Yeah, that's a question from Billy, who we mentioned earlier, Billy Holbert. Thanks bro. Um, he, and I posted about failure and he asked me this the other day and, and actually when you saying this right now made me think of, you know, startups, uh, not necessarily a startup anymore, but Tesla dude, Elon Musk goes out there and he goes, check out our new pickup truck. The windows are bulletproof. Dude throws a steel ball at the window and the, and the window shatters and his willingness to get up in front of everyone and have the window shatter in front of this big press conference. And he goes, cool, we'll fix it. Now we know. I'm glad we didn't release it. Yeah. Now we know the window actually isn't shatterproof and we're going to fix this. And guess what? We're still going to have bulletproof windows and no one else has that yet. And, uh, and so what stops other people? I mean, we talked about it. It's the, it's the fear of failure and embarrassment, but I don't think, you know, sure. You're like Elon Musk. Yeah, of course he's not embarrassed. Like, look what he's done, but he, he could easily get embarrassed from a moment like that, but it's just another opportunity for him to grow and learn. Yeah. To answer the question, it's like, you know, why, yeah, why do, I don't know. It's scary. It is scary. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, and, and going into this episode, I'm like, we're very comfortable with failure. 
I'm like, is there something that I wouldn't do? Mm. There's actually something that I would not do. Like that's a great question because of failure or because of fear. And I'm like, uh, uh, I honestly don't know. I'll answer that one. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'll give you the short version because this we we could talk forever about this. Um, I went skydiving for the first time in September of 2020. And basically, the, the short story is one of my friends was turning 30. She sent me a text. Hey, you want to go skydiving for my 30th? And I'm like, of course, let's do it. <laughs> and then immediately after, I was so sick to my stomach. And I was like, wow, I'm actually afraid of this. What did I sign myself up yeah, for? Yeah, <laughs> and I don't have a fear of heights. I've actually just never really been that interested in skydiving. And so I never did it. And then I remember talking to you, talking to Billy, talking to our friend Hayden. And all of you guys are like, I like being the type of person that skydived. And the thing is, before talking to you guys, I was like, because I'm so scared, I know I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I have to. So it's actually the opposite. And again, it's because I put the reps in because I continue to put myself in opportunities to fail. And really I view failure. If I, if I'm not failing, I am not pushing the boundaries of my comfort zone enough. Yeah. Like things again, not, it doesn't have to be big, massive things, but it could be, you mentioned earlier, it could be asking this really pretty girl out that you got a crush on and maybe she says no. Mm -hmm. And that could be the simplest way to start. Or it could be just at a bar. I don't know if that's that simple. <laughs> that sounds hard. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, there's, you know, the repercussions are not, you know, sure. millions of dollars or, yeah, okay. you know, uprooting your life or that sort of thing. Or it could be just at a bar starting a conversation with someone and maybe they don't respond. Maybe they ignore you. But, um, so it doesn't have to be skydiving, but anyways, I ended up going skydiving and it's just because I knew I was like, I have to, because mm -hmm. even though, potentially it was death. And I'm not saying that yeah, that's where you have to be, but um, that's where Matt and I have come. So I, I, I totally agree. I think it's fear. I think it's people are scared. Um, but the difference is your perspective. And so when you can, as soon as you can start looking at failure as an opportunity to learn, just like Billy worded the question, startups do it for learning. Mm -hmm. Once you view that, then it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to fail more because then I'll learn something. Oh, this didn't work out. Okay. Now I'll try that. Oh, that didn't work out. Well, then let me try this. All of a sudden you succeed. Dude, it's so perfect. I, I do, uh, you know, outreach for, for my business and I reach out to people and chances are they won't respond. That's kind of like a failure. People are afraid, like, I'm going to get ghosted. Who cares? There's millions of people. I'd give someone, I'd give you guys an actionable thing you could try. And I've never done this and I will do it. And I'll do it every time I go into a store now until we do our next podcast and I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, you can just ask a cashier, a grocery store, coffee for 10% off. Mm. And you probably get a no. And that can be scary to, to get a no. Yeah. But you might. But what if they say yes? What if? And then you get temper. Who cares? You know, forty cents. Yeah. But they might actually say yes. And dude, I just want to give a quick anecdote. It's a double anecdote, but. Um, double whammy. Double whammy. It's both of them have to do with music. There was a time in Boston. I was out with my brother, his ex-girlfriend, and like her friends, and there was a band playing pre-COVID. You know, it was awesome. And they take their intermission, and I'm like. Yeah, Adam, let's, we just go up there. I think I was like, I'm going to go up there and play The General by Dispatch. It's like the song I can play, you know, drunk, passed out, dead asleep. I could play it in my sleep, right? And make the long long story shorter, um, I asked the guy. He eventually says yes, and I get up there and I play it. And I cannot sing, guys. And my guitar is okay. My guitar playing is okay. And my brother gets, gets up there right next to me and sings along with me, and we kind of fumble the words, and we start getting booed. And like about three quarters of the way through the song, I'm just like, okay, this is done. I take the guitar off and I'm done. But man, my fingers were shaking. My fingers got cold. I had like butterflies in my stomach and I was freaking the F out. But I was like, 
if I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to lay in bed and I'm going to go, I should have just, I should just ask. Yeah, just like I should just ask if I could do it. And the fact that he, the dude said yes and I did it and we got booed and it was like, guess what? No one there remembers me. Oh, for sure. And, and I did it. And it was like so freaking scary, but I'm alive and it's all good. And, uh, yeah, I just would have been way more upset with myself. I would have been kicking myself all the next day, being like, should have just done it, should have just done it. When am I going to get an opportunity to do that again? Right. And uh, it was so cool, and I, I won't tell the other story. It's pretty much the same, but um, just leaning into that and be like, this is a chance to grow. If this is scary, then let's do it. Yeah, so final, final kind of wrap-up for that question is, the next time you're afraid to fail, ask yourself, what can you learn from it? Mm-hmm. And lean into that resistance. Yeah. Um, okay. Question number two, Matt, do you have any tools to stop beating yourself up in the present for a past failure? And this was, uh, my guy, Pete, appreciate the question. This is a really good one. Um, stop beating myself up for Pat. Well, stop beating yourself up in the present for a past failure. Yeah. I mean, right now I, I, I don't do that. Correct. Right. So thinking back to times when I used to, um, do you want to take this? Um, yeah. Okay. I got take it. a second. To think. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I would say, yeah, it's, you know, reframing it. Like what was the past failure? What are the repercussions of that? And again, I would say it's likely not a failure because wherever you're at today, you learn from something from it. However, you know, we, we all, you know, look back and there's things maybe we could have changed or handled the situation differently. Um, but you can't, you know, just thinking about it in the present, about something that happened in the past is not going to do you any good. That can't make any change. So instead, I would spend that time and energy on what can you do right now? How can you make tomorrow better? How can you make today better? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just worrying. And really, it's survival. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're focused on what we don't want to happen or, uh, you know, the past is the past. It happened. It's over. Okay, cool. That didn't go well. What can you learn from it? Now let's move on. Yeah, I think actually, you know, I was on a run. My my thoughts were just, you know, ugh, on a run. Thoughts were everywhere, and I was actually this one time popped up in my head when I was a coach, CrossFit coach, and uh, it was summertime. This guy just kind of walked right through the back door, and we only had like three people in the class, and they were squatting, um, and uh, this guy guy comes in and asked about some asked asked about a membership, and he clearly knew what he was talking about, and he was testing me. And I just kind of wasn't prepared. And we talk about that mantra, like being comfortable at new tables or being confident at new tables. I use both. Um, and he, one dude's over there squatting and he asked me, he's like, oh yeah, why is that guy, you know, low bar squatting? And he wasn't. And I just kind of like, I fumbled and freaked out. And I was like, oh, I was like, uh, you know, I, I don't remember what I said, but I just kind of made something up. He's like, he's like, well, he's not low bar squatting. So Damn. he totally got me yeah. and that guy, and I tried to recover and save myself and, and, you know, it definitely didn't do a good job of it. And I know, I know a really good amount of fitness and I know what I'm talking about. I think I just caught, got caught and I wasn't really prepared for this moment. And the guy left. And of course we didn't get that membership. That guy's I'm sure went home and he's like, they have shitty coaches. Right. <laughs> and, uh, man, that was almost eating me up on my run. This was like a year and a half ago and it was kind of eating me up on my run. I'm like, that was like a terrible moment. Like I'm better than that. And it's exactly that. I could let it eat me up or I go, now I know like, hey, Matt, you know what you're talking about. Next time, like when someone says something, pause, think about it. Is that guy doing a low bar squat? Like, no, he isn't. You know what that looks like and you know he isn't. And say that. 
and be like, he's not low bar squatting. The guy would have been like, word, man, I was testing you, you know? But like, cool. It's just a great moment to be like, what did I learn from that? Yeah. And now I can move forward and that is never going to happen to me again. Well, it might, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we've talked about it before, but failure is just opportunities to learn. Yeah. So uh, I would say really reframing what that past failure was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only reason it should eat you up is if you keep doing the same thing. Dude, you know what? That, the other people don't even remember it. Yeah. That guy probably doesn't even remember that. Right. Probably some other gym, you know. But you, it sticks with you, and it's hard. For sure. But and because you care, and, which is good. And, yes. You oh. Know, I love that. Yeah. Taylor, I love that. A little golf clap. <laughs> little golf clap, it yeah. It eats you up because you care so much, and that's awesome. Right. That's, oh, what, so that's what makes you great, you know? However. I said that to you once. Yeah. You said it to me did. once. Uh, you said it, yeah, you said I, it first. I said it, yeah, I said it first. What makes you world-class is how much you Be, care. Yeah, how much you care. That's oh, what makes you world-class. It's beautiful. Um, and it's so true and, you know, so continue to be world-class and let's make today better. Let's make tomorrow better and, um, let go, you know, mm-hmm. just let go. So, uh, last thing I would say is just actual items is, uh, journal, journal about it, oh, write yeah. it down, let it out. Uh, I think that's a great, like action item. If you can't get it out of your head or you can't get the emotions out. Um, really good. Yeah. Okay. Last question. From the man, the myth, the legend, Austin Rowe. Mm-hmm. Our first guest ever on the podcast. Yeah. What is something you are currently failing at, and why do you think that is happening? Hmm. I have so many thoughts. I can't wait to see where you go with this. Uh, yeah. Um, something I'm currently failing at. Um, man. Well, we talked about it on our episode with Speech with Rach which you guys might hear this episode before that one. But um, yeah, you know, I teach people how to get clients online and I'm not getting as many as I would like to. Um, So to me, it starts to feel like a failure. And uh, what was the last part? Why do I think that is happening? Why do I think it's happening? I know why it's happening. It's teaching me what I need to learn in this moment, which is, uh, well, I guess we'll find out Yeah, but it, teaching it, you what you don't know you need. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, you know, we, I, I don't know if we talk about this or I talk about, it, but it's like, I want this amazing, successful coaching business and the universe is going to say, uh, do you, do you really want it, Matt? Prove it. And it's going to throw these challenges in my face and set and ask me to keep pushing the, the war of art, you know, lean into the resistance. And so I feel like I know it's teaching me a lesson right now um, and it's to keep going. There are people out there um, who, who I can help with my course and um, I just keep putting good information out there, keep serving people, uh, keep reaching personal trainers who need my help. And uh, when I do that, all the things start coming I just, again, keep serving and all the things will come back. So I don't, I don't think I know that it's teaching me a lesson and I'm excited for it. I love that. It's good. How about you? Yeah. What is something I'm currently failing at and why do I think it's happening? Um, I don't think I'm failing at anything because I don't view failure the same way. Mm-hmm. However, what am I trying that's new and scary and out of my comfort zone? This podcast. Oh, uh, commit. Yeah. Committing to this 
we spend at least half our Sundays doing this. Yesterday, I transcribed a bunch of audio, um, you know, balancing time for the business that I want to grow, for the life I want to have, relationships, friendships, um, fitness, you know, creating that balance. Um, even today, we spent uh, four hours at least <laughs> working on setting up this new audio so that you guys can have better sound from us and figuring out how it works and putting it together. Um, and again, I just kept whispering into Matt's ears, goody, goody gumdrops, yeah. goody, goody gumdrops as we're trying to figure this out. And um, yeah, to be honest, I, you know, part of me feels like it's, it maybe seems like a cop out, but I, I just don't view things that I'm doing as, as failing, you know, yeah. trying new things. Uh, even as, as small as like how I get new clients, try something. Oh, that didn't work. I didn't get the client. Okay, cool. Next time I'll try and say this, you know, um, or being on a coaching call or even fitness, you know, programming. Hey, let's try this strength, strength work. Oh, you didn't get stronger. Okay, cool. Now I know that didn't work for you. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, you know, nothing's not working. It's just pivot. It's part, yeah, it's part of the process. I mean, is like, I like, I like this. I don't know if it's a quote. I feel like I just made it up, but like comfort is where dreams go to die. Ooh. Yeah. That's good. Matt Mahalik original right there. Yeah. And if you're, if you're not growing, you're not changing, you're not, if you're not pushing the boundaries, like <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. You know? And then you, again, you go back to that deathbed and you're like, I didn't do any of the things I wanted to do. I said it on the last podcast and I know I was like two margaritas deep, but I was like, dude, it brings a tear to my eye to think that people might be on their deathbed going, I didn't, I didn't dance more. I didn't do the thing. And it's like, just because you were afraid to fail. And then back to the picture thing, people aren't worried about you. They're worried about mm -hmm. themselves. We're all worried about ourselves. And this is what I tell a lot of my clients, you know, I, imposter syndrome and I'm afraid who am I to go on Instagram and talk about fitness when there's all these fit fluencers who am I to talk about mindset you know people from high school are gonna be like oh man he was talking about mindset the fuck does he know he was a loser in high school that's not true I was just kind of like average person <laughs> in high school but but it's like when you're so focused on me 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 that's when you lose it all that's when you lose like your purpose here your purpose is that you have people to help mm -hmm. you have an obligation to show up for people whether that's starting your own business. I mean, the only reason anyone starts a business is because they have a problem to solve for people, right? So you want to start a business? Good. You, you have an obligation to do that because you have a solution for people's problems. And it's, it would actually be more selfish of you to not pursue that and to keep doing and living a mediocre life and being afraid of failure um, just because of some stories you're making up. So like... <laughs> Just go out there, man. Do it. Fail. Failing yep. is fun. And if you need some cheerleaders. Oh, we got you. Oh, we got you. Hype tell squad. us tell us what you're about to do, and we will be there, Hundo P, the whole way, hyping you up and cheering on your quote-unquote failures. Yeah. So go out there, guys. Try new things, and I promise you won't regret it. Amen, dude. It's part about choosing happiness. Otherwise, you're choosing nothing. Mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, we don't want that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for that. All right, dude. We we went long. This is great. Yeah. I had a blasty blast. As always. Yeah. Great time. All right. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. 
Um, you already know I'm at Matthew dot Allen with a Y. This is Taylor underscore Sleaford S L E A F O R D. Boom! That doesn't help you when I say it that fast, does it? <laughs> no, no, no. But that's all right. You guys know where to find me. Uh, we will see you next time. All right, we're out. <laughs>